Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. No, it is not Tune In Tuesday, but I do have a very timely, relevant, powerful word for you that has been brewing and it couldn't wait. It could not wait. So this is a special treat for you. And I would love if you would share this with a friend, if you would subscribe to the podcast and even if you would be an overachiever and rate the podcast, review it, show me some love. This is one of the best ways that this podcast can get into the hearts of so many people that need the teaching, the upliftment, the encouragement, the revelation that is shared here. So please, if you would, pause right now. You're blessed to be a blessing. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. And let's be on our way, shall we? So we're going to talk about reconciliation today. This, for me personally, was one of those words where it sounds good, it sounds fancy, it sounds like that would be a great thing to have and experience, but practically speaking, what in the heck? Like, what does that What does that mean? How am I personally affected by that? How does my life change because of that? It's a really big deal. And I didn't have this broken down for me. It actually has taken a lot of research on my part, a lot of willingness to understand and see things differently to start breaking it down and start making sense of what this truly means, okay? So I know for me personally, one of the reasons that I got involved in the work that I'm doing is because I believe in the power of transformation. I love that we can transform. I love that people's lives can be transformed. I love what happens as a result of people being transformed, and I'm here for it, (laughs) starting, of course, with myself. So I was onto this path very early, but the heart of that was people's lives being transformed. I refused to believe that pain was the only option, that suffering was the only option, that just surviving was life. Like, there's got to be more, and that feeling that there has to be more just kept nagging at me. Like I was on this pursuit, on this hunt to figure out what that was. What is this more that I am after? It just kept bothering me on the inside, right? So what I can tell you is that it really has come from being born again. I didn't truly experience relief from this nagging frustration until I was born again, right? Now, I was raised Catholic, right? So technically, I was baptized as a a baby, right? But I did pursue relationship with God as an adult, and I did get baptized later and gave my life to Christ. And I did start to see, after that born-again experience, life starting to evolve very, very different for me. I previously was on this path of self-helping my way through life. I was a self-help junkie. (laughs) I would read all the books. I would go to the conferences, the seminars. I would try to find my path in life and and do all of the, the tips and the tricks and the recommendations, right, that would allow me to be successful if I just exposed myself to the right thing, right, that would work. So this was many, many years of adventures, I can call it. But I was really 
bothered. Specific things would bother me. I felt like spirituality as I knew it didn't solve problems that I was experiencing in my life. I also saw that life problems were often helped, quote unquote, but not cured. And, you know, there might be these spiritual interventions, but they only helped people to cope better. I didn't really see like deliverance, right? Or these sincere, religious, diligent, really spiritual people seem to sit a, hit a ceiling in their own life and in some level of growth. They just couldn't get beyond that. And I thought, well, that's weird, right? Those most connected to God, shouldn't they be having these breakthroughs, right? And spiritual growth grounded in good biblical teaching and principle, right? Shouldn't that help people solve problems? I would think it would be helping them a lot more than what I'm seeing, right? So I knew that self-help, self-helping my way wasn't the answer, right? Like if I could have fixed my problems, I would have figured it out already. I knew that just achieving more wasn't going to be the answer. I knew that therapy alone was not the answer. In fact, in, in many ways, I felt like that was limiting me or just keeping me caught in issues or helping me discover more issues that I didn't even know that I had that could be issues now. And now I'm thinking about those and researching those and trying to evaluate and understand those. And I just was getting involved in a lot of rumination and, and stuckness, right? But as I continued to grow and evolve, after I gave my life to Christ, I started changing in how I renewed my mind, in what I identified with, in what I was experiencing and what I was pursuing. And I also started to see people grow past their stuck places. Absolutely insane. I started to see things that, you know, I'd really gone into coaching to see, right? But, you know, I was definitely given direction that to me, this is again for me personally, Coaching without God was of no service. That was a revelation that I once received, and I remember that being so gut-wrenching because I thought, surely this is what I'm on the earth to do. This is what I'm so passionate about. It took so many years to even find it and like a heck of a lot of confidence and courage to step into it. Just guts, right? And now I can't do it unless God is at the center. And so at the very beginning of my coaching career, I ended up laying it down and I didn't know why. I just heard God tell me to. It's sort of like slaying your Isaac, <laughs> being willing to do that, right? Being willing to lay down a dream, which is a whole nother podcast episode, but I laid down my dream. I laid down my call. I laid down what I thought I was on this earth to do, not knowing that that would be for a season and that God would bring it back around, but I laid it down and in hindsight, I learned because it would have been self-led, self-directed, self-sufficient. It wouldn't have God in it or flowing through it at all. And it would be pointing people to self-help, to a bunch of books, to a bunch of tools, to a bunch of programs, to a bunch of resources that would just continue this pursuit of those things and of them being independent, self-sufficient, which for me has been my fatal flaw in my life. Hear me out. If you're wired like me, this is going to bless you so, so much, okay? So later, when God brought coaching back, I was like, wait a minute, what up? <laughs> 
you told me to lay this down and we went on a whole bunch of other adventures. Now you want me to pick it back up? Like, what's happening here? Like, what do you mean though, right? This is weird. So I ended up picking back up coaching by faith, only doing it if God was going to be at the center. And knowing full well that, you know, that's going to attract different things. There's going to be consequences to that. But I'm only going to go into this if you tell me to. <laughs> and I'm only going to do it if you're at the center of it. Because if you're not in this, if you're not on this, I don't want this. It's too much of a burden for me to bear. I just know that already. Okay? So I put God at the center of my business. I relaunched it. And I started seeing people grow past their stock places. So the things that had hung me up before, I'm starting to see major, major breakthroughs and transformations in accelerated ways. Accelerated ways. It's blowing my mind, right? I started seeing things that I'd gone into coaching originally to see. I started seeing real and lasting change. <laughs> I started seeing instead of depressed people, people coping with depression, right? I started to see these depressed people become undepressed completely, like delivered from depression. Instead of seeing people with eating disorders cope better with their eating disorders, I saw them get over them altogether. And if you know a bit about my story, I received full deliverance from an addiction that held me back, from an eating disorder that held me back for years of my life, right? So seeing that, seeing those wins for other people, just, oh, it's my jam. It juices me. Instead of seeing people with relational problems just cope better with their relationships, right? I saw them grow in their ability to be intimate and to make their relationships work. It's like, literally, they forgot the former things that God made a new relationship for them to operate in and experience, right? I saw processes that actually changed people's lives and I found the something more that I had been looking for. People were growing past their stuckness. People were growing past these ceilings that they had in their lives. <laughs> what? Right? This sounds like a formula for happiness, right? After all, it would be great to find out that what you are called to do really works, right? Like, doesn't that feel really good, especially after you laid it down? Now you pick it up and you find out like, oh, right, like this is how it's supposed to go. And previously, I would have never been on a path to experience that or pointing people to that at all, okay? So in one sense, what I was doing was working, but what I really ultimately wanted and God knew was that I wanted real transformation. I didn't want people just to cope and have ways to cope and have a better life experience. That's good, but I wanted the abundant life, the great life, the, the epic life that they're promised. I wanted them to experience that, right? I didn't want to just settle for coping. I wanted it to be so much better, right? And so what I started seeing because of what I'd also personally experienced and been invested in is that deep transformations of the soul were happening, right? Deep, deep transformations. But it was interesting because as God was walking this out with me, it seemed to me that in life there had been the spiritual life, right? Where we learned about God and grew in our relationship with God. And that always fascinated me, right? 
always fascinated me. I always felt spiritually led. I would have called this intuition in the past, right? I always felt guided in some sort of way. I just was never trained to listen to it or to align with it or to attune myself to it, right? And then there's also your emotional life, your mental, right? Your mental health and your relational life. And we learn how to solve, you know, problems differently there. Things just felt so compartmentalized, right? If you want to grow mentally, you go here. If you want to work out your past, you go here. If you want to work out your relationships, you go here. If you want to develop spiritually, you go here. And that always felt very confusing for me. Like it didn't make sense because as I started growing in relationship with God, what I was reading in his word was that he answers all of life's problems, right? God has redeemed the world. And as the Bible says, he has given us everything pertaining to life. That's 2 Peter 1 verse 3. So how could there be spiritual growth and then all of these other areas of growth, right? I thought that all of life is spiritual and that God is involved in every area of life, right? Like, doesn't that make sense? Didn't it make sense <laughs> that spiritual growth should be influencing these functional areas of life as well as the spiritual ones? Like, why is it just in its own category, right? It didn't make sense. And it felt like to me, like I was living a divided life, you know, like I just had to, because there were those divisions, life just felt divided. Let me put it that way, right? But that was really, really interesting to me, okay? But as I kept reading the word, which was a new experience for me, I didn't really grow up reading the word, right? <laughs> didn't even own a Bible for many years of my life. So at this point, when I had bought a Bible and actually started reading it, started developing a relationship with God, right? All of these processes that I was mentioning to you that had changed people's lives were in the scripture. The Bible talked about the things that help people grow in relational and emotional areas as well as spiritual ones. It's all there. Not only, this is what this showed me, not only could the Bible be true then, not only is it true, but also what's in it is true, <laughs> right? So I was fascinated by this idea that I could get rid of all of the books that I had been consuming and get it down to one and let this be my tool for life. That was fascinating after like searching and seeking and reading so much material. What if I could get it down to just one? That's very interesting to think about, but a fun challenge, right? But this is the way that I identified finally that it's supposed to be. God had said that he had answers to all of our problems and it was true. What? Right? Like I knew this by firsthand experience and I was witnessing it all around me. Okay? So I saw this when God brought coaching back to my life, when he redeemed my business, I saw it as my mission to communicate and to share and to teach what I was learning. So that's how the God's Vibes Mastermind was developed. That's how Courage Co. came to being. That's how all these monthly masterclasses and challenges to really equip and empower people spiritually came from. Fascinating, right? So spiritual growth. This is the interesting thing. When people come to me, whether it's 
working with me privately one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's getting involved in Courage Co., subscribing to monthly masterclasses and materials to keep growing in massive ways. It's amazing. Every month they get a masterclass, a challenge, a guest interview, every single month. That's so much information and revelation and life change. It just happens monthly. So, so that's sometimes the level that people meet me. Others invest in the God's Vibes Mastermind and have these epic testimonies of accelerated growth and what God is doing and work with me in that setting. But as they are coming to me for coaching, for prophetic training, for prophetic encouragement, for teaching, for biblical truth, right? And practical wisdom that they can apply in their life that makes sense to them. It's digestible. They can apply it, right? As they do that, what I help them understand is that we're not working on quote unquote growth issues, <laughs> right? Or, you know, coaching issues, but spiritual growth issues. Spiritual growth is the answer to everything. And I really simplify this in the work that I offer. And I really bring to them this idea that's at the heart of work that I do, that working on relational and emotional issues is spiritual growth. Spiritual growth should affect relationship problems, emotional problems, and all other problems of life. Literally. There's no such thing as our spiritual life and then our real life. It's all one. Life is spiritual. <laughs> and if you have a problem, it's a spiritual problem, okay? So it's really teaching people how to apply spiritual growth and principles and processes to specific life problems to get God results in their life, okay? So it's really teaching people how the spiritual and the practical are linked. And it doesn't have to be this really complex, confusing process at all. In fact, it's very, very simple. And it's helping them become more aware of the things that deeply change people's lives so that they can grow and know that it's biblical growth. All right. So what I thought, I know this is like an interesting way to invite you into this message today, but what I thought that we could zero in on today is reconciliation because this term is what we often miss whether we're helping others grow, whether we're leading, whether we're, you know, coaching people, whatever whatever position of helping people grow you might find yourself in, pastoring, ministering, whatever it is, many times in the process of helping people grow, we forget the big picture of what God is doing in the human race. It just slips our mind, right? But really there is a big picture. It's the story of God and his creation, okay? But we like to zero in on the problem that someone needs help with, such as depression or intimacy, as though the problem is the main issue. And we hammer in on the be pattern of behavior. We think it's a sin behind the struggle, or we think that if we get that person to be good enough for us, <laughs> right, then we've helped him or her. And that's really a selfish model, and that's why self-help doesn't work also, okay? But really and truly... There is the ministry of reconciliation. We're not here to bring religion. We're not here to just discipline people or give them like a formula for their symptom, right? Or, or why they're missing the mark. We're not here to do that at all. We're helping them discover a redemptive path that will reconcile his or her life. So 
we're not focusing necessarily on their symptoms. We're focusing on the root issue, okay? We've been given this ministry of reconciliation. And reconcile means to harmonize, to synthesize, to attune, to bring back into order, right? That's reconciliation. So a ministry of bringing order, okay? But I'm going to break this down so that it's really, really simple. We're to be working with God as he reconciles all things to himself, okay? So that question might come up. What are we trying to reconcile? I know that's come up for me. First, we're obviously trying to get people back in relationship with God. I know if there would have been people on my path, and there have been later in life, but if it would have been early, people getting me on path to have relationship with God, that would have epically changed my life, right? So really reconciling people to God, but spiritual growth is not only about coming back into relationship with God and each other, because we need both, and pursuing a pure life, but it's about coming back to life. And this is probably my favorite part about coaching, helping people come back to life, like giving them their life back and the life that God created for people to live in. This is a life of deep relationship, fulfilling work, celebration, and more, right? It's, It's really the more God gives us is the life we desire. And, and the ability to solve and address all of our problems, right? Paul says, we are separated from the life of God in Ephesians 4.18. We must be reconciled to the life the way it was created to work. And if we're honest, we don't know how it's supposed to work apart from God. We can give it our best guess, right? Until a disappointment, a catastrophe something life-shattering happens, we recognize that we don't actually know how it's supposed to be apart from God, right? So we have questions like, how's life designed to be lived? What's supposed to, what, what is it supposed to even look like, right? What happened in this fall in the Bible, right, that changed how life was designed? And what is the problem we're all trying to fix here and solve here? And what is this redemption, this reconciliation, What does it do and how do we get there, right? These are questions that we just don't, we don't talk about. (laughs) We we don't hear context around this and definitely not in a simplified way where it makes sense to us, okay? So I just wanted to break down a story. I have a master's in film production. So I would equate that to getting a psychology degree, a sociology degree, a therapy degree, a communications degree. It was like truly all of the things. (laughs) But what I love is the art of storytelling and helping people with their story. I never in my wildest dreams imagined that I would be doing it through coaching, but it's how it's evolved and I couldn't be happier. So I'm going to give you a three-act structure to break this down and to simplify spiritual growth and this art of reconciliation, okay? I feel like this will just make it so, so much easier to comprehend. So first of all, we've got act one, act two, act three, okay? Three act structure, beginning, middle, end, all right? So in the beginning, (laughs) there's creation, okay? And there's different things that are happening through each of these acts. So I'm gonna help you understand 
how life was created, what it was supposed to look like, what the original design and intention was, what happened in Act 2, and then what was done about it, and what we're also partnering with God to do now. Super exciting. Okay, you're going to want to listen to all of this. All right, so Act 1, creation. Okay, what I love about this is that we're going to learn that God is the source. If you've read my very first book, God's Vibes Matter, Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority, there's a chapter in there that's called Stop the Search and Seek the Source. God is our source, okay? In the beginning, there was God, and God created the heavens and the earth. Everything starts with God as the source, okay? This is really such a powerful point to just know and understand. And this is sort of like theology 101. I'm not a Bible professor, okay? I'm not a Bible teacher. I'm just somebody that desires to develop in relationship with God, desires to apply the word of God to my life, right? And have access to the life that he's promised me and helping others do the same, okay? So continuing. All right. Nothing was in creation before God and everything that exists came from him. That includes all the stuff of life, the resources, the principles, the purposes, the meaning, everything. He is the source, period. Okay. And then after making all the stuff, God made humankind. He created Adam and Eve. He breathed life into them in Genesis 2-7. So, as you think about restoring life, remember that life came from God originally. We all think we know that, but we tend to mean it merely that God created life from non-life. We understand that living things came from him, but if we are in the process of helping people grow, we have to take that realization deeper than just creation. We have to understand it to mean that it includes his bringing life to dead situations in our lives. Amen. <laughs> if you've had anything dead in your life and you can know and understand that God brings life, that's very encouraging. That does restore hope for most people, okay? God is not only creator, but he's also recreator of life. So helping other people becomes an issue of the life they are trying to create and also the life God is trying to create in them, okay? It really becomes the theology, quote unquote, of how one overcomes a depression or heals a marriage or rescues a failing business career. In other words, how do I bring this marriage or this business or career back to life, okay? The Bible's answer to this is God. There is a person behind it all who will create and give us life and growth. Super exciting, right? God is the source of life. He's also the source of growth as well. This explains a lot for me personally. Again, as I mentioned, as I was self-helping my way and doing all the things, right? And yeah, sure, growing, getting some results, getting some coping skills, all that stuff, right? But not really getting to the root of the problem because God was the source and I wasn't connected to God at all. Okay. Another thing to consider that when God created humans, he put them into relationship first with him, then with each other. Okay. So God made people for himself and also for one another. We've already seen that Adam depended on a relationship with God for his life. 
But even with that relationship, he needed human connection as well. God said it, it's not good for the man to be alone. Genesis 2.18. Man was incomplete with God alone. Okay? So we see at the outset of that relationship with God, right? And with then man, right? He made not only just man, Adam, but woman, woman, right? Eve at the outset of that relationship was at the core of the way things were created. An important aspect of this relationship is that there was no brokenness in either Adam or Eve's relationship with God or in their relationship with each other. Okay, so it actually says the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Okay, there was harmony and vulnerability. The relationships really experts, if you were to read any sort of research on this, relationship experts speak of this state of intimacy um, where people are known at deep levels. That's a depth of intimacy. I say intimacy is into me see. There's a depth of intimacy that they had. Okay, so you don't have those deep levels when you're trying to cover shame or hide. Okay, but healthy relatedness includes intimacy. People don't hide their vulnerability from one another. They're not ashamed of who they are before each other, right? And that's how it was designed. Without duplicity, without brokenness, without breach of trust, without any of that, right? Now, a couple of other things. In creation, act one, God is the boss. (laughs) So he's the source, right? He is the source. We're meant to have a relationship with him and each other, and he's also the boss. So there was an order to relationship. First of all, in the relationship with God and humans, God is the boss, the Lord, the authority. Not only was he the source as he placed the couple on earth, he was also in charge, okay? He gave both positive and negative directions, He spelled out what people could do and enjoy and what they shouldn't do, and likewise, what they would not enjoy if they did. He wanted them to take care of the garden and have a good time, okay? But he did offer them a warning, right? Do not eat from this tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you shall surely die, Okay, so Adam and Eve's order and position in creation was to take care of the garden and obey God. It was a high position, but it also had limits. And they were to work in the land that God had given them to enjoy it and to submit to God and his limits. Early on, we see in Act 1 that creation involved a good life and a prohibited life. Sort of like an oxymoron, right? It sounds like this prohibited life is not really life at all, but would result in death. So it's really highlighting that we were to live life, but to live it in submission to God, or we would not have life at all. So life and submission to God are one and the same. Okay. And then lastly, there were also roles that were given here as well. Okay. God's the boss and we're to obey. But there is more to this structure than just who's on top, right? We have really distinct roles in the order of creation, okay? So number one, 
God's role was to be the source or provider. Our role was to depend on the source. This is so good. Hope you're paying attention to this part. Okay, so God originated life and we were given life. Therefore, we depended on God for life and for what we needed. God's role was to provide. Our role was to receive. God gave breath. We took it in. God gave the garden. We lived in it and ate from it. God gave us relationship. We received intimacy and relatedness. Our role was designed to be an independent, or our role was designed to be a dependent one. And I know a lot of us don't like this word, right? But with God, our role was designed to be a dependent one. He provides, we depend and trust, okay? If God is the creator and we are the creation, we have to depend on him for life and provision. Independence is not an option for us. God existed without us, not vice versa. So the role that we must take in life is not only for dependency, but also against self-sufficiency. And self-sufficiency, man, this if I were an expert at anything, was what I was an expert in. Being independent, self-sufficient, I thought that that was the way. <laughs> Straight to miserable is what that was the way to, right? Our actual role is to recognize our limits and to transcend those limits by looking outside of ourselves for life. Said differently, we are limited creatures, not the creator and therefore, we are not self-sustaining like God is. Thus, we are limited in our ability to live alone apart from God. This I know to be true. <laughs> I sense you do too, right? So this same limitation also applies to relationship with each other. We're limited in our ability to provide what we need for ourselves without another person to relate to. So self-sufficiency from God is not the only relational limit that we have. We also need other people and cannot live independently from them either. You might have experienced this too. The results of trying to live apart from our need for others is disastrous and never works. We must depend on the outside for love. I know a lot of people don't tell us that, but it is true, right? Another piece of these roles, God's role was to be in control and our role in the beginning, right, was to yield to his control of the world and to control ourselves. okay? So God had done the creating. Adam and Eve could not control that, right? That was done before they even got here. God had placed them in the garden. They did not control that environment which they found themselves. God created the animals and the various trees and their fruits and all that. Humans did not create that stuff, okay? In other words, God was in control of the universe and what happened. He was in charge of the big picture. Same with you. So many <laughs> of our problems come from trying to control things outside of our control, right? I uh, led many groups I was a leader in many groups of Celebrate Recovery. The first principle is realize I am not God. Okay. <laughs> right? Surrender control. Very first step. Right? 
we try to control things outside of our control. And when we try, we lose control of ourselves is actually what happens. And it's no wonder that praying this serenity prayer, if you've experienced Celebrate Recovery before, or even just have heard of the serenity prayer, it really does help the people start to understand what we can change and what we cannot. And it really helps us to regain control of our lives. So not only were we dependent on God for all the things, but we were not in any particular position to run the universe. Okay. I love, it actually says in Job 38, four, God asked Job, he's like, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? (laughs) He's like, yo, Job, you God? Didn't think so. Right? So funny. Our control of the big picture is limited. We have none actually, right? But we do have control of our own behavior and we are to exercise that responsibly. God's role is to control the big picture and our role is to be in control of ourself and our responsibilities. In short, maintain self-control. So a lot of times with this podcast, what we do in Courage Go, it's helping us move from self-sabotage to self-mastery with courage and faith. Okay. So exciting. And then another role is that God is the judge of life and we are to experience life. Probably haven't heard this one before. (laughs) So God is the one who knows good from evil. He had the role of that judge and did not want to pass this on to humanity. That's why he gave that command that Adam and Eve were prohibited to eat from the fruit of this tree of knowledge of good and evil. He sat in the judge's chair and did not want humans to know what he knew about evil. Interesting, right? The role of the judge of the universe was already taken. So God commanded Adam and Eve to stay away from the tree of knowledge and good and evil and let him be God. That's a word for somebody. Let God be God. (laughs) We're not to judge, but to live the good life apart from judging it. Just imagine that for a second, right? Doing good, enjoying good, and not even thinking about being good. (laughs) Instead of even having to be concerned if, am I good enough? We just get to live and experience life. What? Right? We were to experience all that God had given us in pleasure, work, relationship, Live it all to the limits, right? But don't try to become God and judge it. We were to remain innocent and not even know that we were innocent, lacking nothing. God alone was the job. And in essence, he said to us, don't assume that role. How many people suffer just because they want to be the judgers, the haters, the criticizers, right? And God made the rules and we were to obey them. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You've probably heard that before. (laughs) The roles were clear. God designed life the way it was supposed to be and the rules on how to live it. We were to obey them. God did not consult us in setting up the rules and the design of life. He did not ask if our ruling over animals was a good idea or not. He did not ask us if he had chosen the right trees to give us to eat or not. He did not ask us if we thought man or woman was a good idea, 
right? He did not ask us whether having to work was a good idea or not. He just made the reality and then told us to obey it. This is act one creation, how things were designed, the way it was intended to be by God. So if you think about it, that was pretty much life that everyone is looking for. Really, a great place to live, the perfect mate, lots of good things to occupy your time, and a job that fits your makeup. Sounds like it's it, right? And if these things had remained in place, there would be no need for this podcast, for... (laughs) the God's Vibes Mastermind, for Courage Co., for all these other tools and resources in the world, right? We would not need to think about how people grow or how to overcome life's problems. We would still be in the garden experiencing life as it was designed, and we would not even be aware of what life would look like any other way. Isn't that wild? But as you know, This didn't happen. Instead of remaining innocent, right, we took a great tumble, if you will, which is act two. (laughs) In act two, here's what happens. We try to gain independence, take control, become the judge, and make our own rules, right? Sounds like adolescence to me, okay? So in the fall, as it's described... This is the drama, the cosmic drama that happens after act one. After creation, there was a cosmic drama called the fall, where the order that was established is reversed. It's like flipped on its head, okay? So Adam and Eve did not continue in the design that I just outlined. They decided that God's design was not for them and that they would do things their own way. (laughs) Anyone? Anyone done this? No, just me? All right. Specifically, in one fell swoop, they reversed the entire created order. Way to go. (laughs) Thanks for taking one for the team, right? Like, what? So the tempter, the enemy, right, came along and got them to undo the entire created order by rebelling against what God had said. He questioned the truth of what God had told them and told them they would not really die if they ate of the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In fact, they would do well by rebelling against God. Interesting, right? Subtle, like he likes to operate. He said that they would do well rebelling against him and that they would become like God himself. In essence, they could ascend to the throne themselves. They could live apart from God, have control of their own lives, and have it their own way. They could be to themselves all that God was to have been to them. Hmm, interesting, right? But as we know, this is a lie. <laughs> the Adam and Eve did not become like God at all. It's not what happened, right? Instead, in trying to become like God, they became less of themselves. And this is why we need spiritual growth. We have become less of what we are created to be. We have our own mixture of self-sabotage operating in our lives, right? There's zero self-control for most people, okay? So although... Adam and Eve were still human. They fell 
from the perfect state they were created in and became less than perfect. They were now in a strange state that we hear. The Bible calls it sin or death in Ephesians 2.1. And to sin means to miss the mark. And death means to be separated from life, especially separated from the life of God. This is said in Ephesians 4.18. So in the fall, Adam and Eve became separated from life and missed the mark of all that life was created to be. Ugh, no, right? Do you ever watch shows or movies and you're like, why though? (laughs) No. In short, they lost it all. Big L. Took a big L, right? They lost themselves, they lost each other, and they lost the life that they were supposed to have. Boo. They overturned the entire design, okay? And this is what happens when they brought things, when they reversed the entire order. This is what it looks like. They became independent from God, okay? So God is no longer the source. They're independent from God. So When Adam and Eve ate from the tree, they moved away from God and tried to gain life apart from him. And thus, lots of pain and suffering began, right? They were trying to become like God, to possess Godhood, if you will, for themselves and gain life outside of their relationship with God. And they thought that they could get knowledge and wisdom apart from their source. They decided that they no longer needed him. And, and stepped out of this role of dependency. Then they lost their relationship. In addition to becoming independent from God, they lost their relationship with him as well as with each other. And that really is what death is. They fall out of relationship, right? So when God said they would die, that meant that they would be separated from him who is life. They lost their relationship and went into a state of alienation, actually becoming enemies of God. (sighs) Right? Apostle Paul puts it this way. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Colossians 1.21. The relationship and intimacy they had with their creator was lost. So sad. They had become separated from God. So not only had they lost their relationship with God, they instantly lost the relationship with each other because they became naked and ashamed. They covered themselves up with fig leaves. Their intimacy and vulnerability had been lost. Their ability to trust each other and have good relationship was lost. And from that point on, we see (laughs) all the humans trading trust, fairness, love, and honesty with each other for alienation, unfairness, adversarial relationships, and dishonesty. Love became much harder to find and sustain. Come on, if anyone has had really difficult relationships, here is the root. (laughs) Then they reversed the structure in order that was originally created in Act 1. Okay, so in creation, God was on top, then Adam and Eve answered to his authority. He was Lord and ruler, but in the fall, okay... Humans tried to change that structure and become their own Lord. All right. And we see this, right? Just go on social media. Everybody thinks they are their own God, right? They tried to become like God. Adam and Eve's goal was to take the place of God in their lives. 
They wanted to be on the throne, so they rebelled against his authority over them. And in short, they became self-sufficient, controlling people who were judgmental and lived by their old rules. Right? Looks like the world today. Fun. Okay? So they reversed the roles. Okay? The roles as God created them. God is the source. We depend on God. God is the creator. We are the creation and cannot exist unto ourselves. God has control of the world and we have control of ourselves. God is the judge of life and we are to experience life. God designed life and its rules and we obey the rules and live life the way God designed it. Right? We have a reverse order. Okay, so we as the offspring of Adam and Eve stopped depending on God and tried to become the source of life for ourselves. Heavy, so heavy, way too heavy of a burden to carry, right? We just can't do it. We stopped seeing ourselves as creatures and acted as if we could live apart from our creator, independent of him, right? Hashtag independent, hashtag boss, right? We see that all the time. We desire to control all things, right? We desire to control things that we just can't control, including each other, right? And we lost control of ourselves. (sighs) People-pleasing, codependency, perfectionism, you know, high achievers. Trying to control things is what we're doing, right? We tried to become the judge, and we ended up being judgmental instead. Ew. We lost our ability to experience life and each other by exercising the very judgment we desired. We stopped obeying God's design and rules and made up our own. (laughs) Yikes. In other words, Adam and Eve tried to become God and in the process, they lost themselves. Okay. It's just making me think of not all who wander are lost. No, they lost. They lost. Okay. (laughs) And trying to become what they could never be, God, they lost their ability to be what only they could be, themselves. And we have been searching for ourselves ever since. Enter personal development world, right? So this is what it looked like after the fall. We are the source. We depend on ourselves. We are the creator. We exist unto ourselves. We have control of the world. (laughs) This is where imposter syndrome comes from. We know we don't have control of the world. We try to control our world and each other, losing control of ourselves. Fun. We become the judge of life. We judge ourselves and each other and cease to be able to experience ourselves and each other. And we design life and the rules. We live any way we want to. So life began with a particular plan, and this plan was flipped because of rebellion against God and life was lost. Now, this is why, thank God, we have Act 3. <laughs> Even in our failure and missteps, right? God still had another plan. That's another word for somebody, right? Act 3 is redemption, reconciliation, the reason this podcast episode is so important, okay? God in Christ, right, is reconciling all things. He was and is bringing it all back to the way it was supposed to be. 
He redeemed or got back his creation and is putting it all back in place. How did he do this? Let's break this down. God paid the price to gain it all back. The holy God required the death penalty for the sin of humankind. And as the Bible tells us, he laid all of that sin upon Jesus. This is in Isaiah 53 verses 5 through 6. This paved the way for God to have it all back and return everything to its rightful divine order. And this is what redemption does for each and every human who applies it to his or her life. The application of redemption is the process of growth itself. It is the returning of everything to its rightful, righteous place before God. This is why, in my view, to solve life's problems and to grow spiritually are one in the same thing. Okay, let's look really quickly at what the return to the rightful place looks like and what the path of how people grow looks like as well. Okay, so in redemption, again, reconcile redemption means harmonize, synthesize, attune to bring back to order, right? In redemption, we come back to God as the source of life. So as I shared at the very beginning of the podcast, me being born again, me giving my life to God, right, is me coming back to the source of my life. Maybe not knowing that, for sure not knowing that in the moment. <laughs> not fully, right? Not fully grasping it. Because a lot of this you got to walk out. But coming back to God is the source of life. That was the intention, Right? We retreat from our independence, realize we're not God, right? And really abandoned our attempt to be self-made. Hate that. Nobody is a self-made person, right? We try to be, but we hate that. <laughs> we see that to make life work, we must return to the one who makes life work. That for sure is what led me back to God. I didn't want life to be so hard. I didn't want it to take so much effort. I didn't want it to be so disappointing. I didn't want to keep feeling like I was starting over, even if I was achieving things. Because that's a lot to keep starting over and to keep doing things in your own strength or to keep feeling like old movies are playing out in your life just through different people, experiences, circumstances, whatever. And you're powerless to change that. Not fancy, right? God is the only one who makes life work. So as we seek first the kingdom of God, this is the principle behind the work that I do, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom, right? We see then that all things of life are added unto us because God is the one who adds life. We also find that God is the source of healing and growth. So for me personally, that's why I could only get so far healing and growing apart from God because God is the source of healing and growth. I didn't hit deliverance until I came into relationship with God. Okay, I didn't I didn't experience accelerated growth until I came into relationship with God. I didn't experience creativity, self-expression like I live in today until I encountered God and developed relationship with him. How many this is my question to you. How many self-improvement paths end up in despair until someone finds God? Right? 
In redemption, in reconciliation, we find that God will be the source of healing and growth if we will turn to him. And true growth begins with realizing that we are poor in spirit. The Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. You're like, oh, well, that sounds bad, but here's why. From this humble position, reaching out to God and receiving all that he has for us, right? It's only when we're humble can we receive that all God has for us. When we realize that God is the source, what happens then is we realize also that we are impoverished and this puts us in position to receive from God. So redemption helps us get to the end of our attempt to provide for ourselves. Whew, such a good one. Instead, what we do is we turn to God for strength, truth, healing, care, correction, and a whole host of other things, right? And none of these things are available. Listen, none of these things are available to those who are still trying to provide for themselves. I just don't know why this is so hard. I just don't know why it's not working. Right? God is not that person's source. Okay. We also, in Act 3, return to relationship. To return to the created order, really, means to go back into relationship with God, but also each other. So Jesus said all the commandments really can be summed up into the two greatest commandments of loving God and loving others. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Everything in life depends on these two relationships. Redemption puts us back into those two relationships. First, it reconciles us to a relationship with God and through faith and forgiveness reestablishes connection. Then redemption brings us back to rightful restoration of connectedness with others as it stresses love, identification with each other through the golden rule, right? Caring for one another, correcting one another, and so on, right? Without restoration of relationship with each other, we would still be in a state of alienation and not be able to have the connections that provide the things we need to live and grow. Redemption reverses our alienation and isolation from each other and gets us rightly reconnected. So this is fascinating. I've experienced this too in relationship where There's been betrayals. There's been major trust issues. It looks like all is lost. It could never be reconciled. But God, somehow, and you know, this has taken years, but somehow he totally redeems people and the relationship. And it becomes a brand new relationship. He makes all things new. It is insane how that happens. It doesn't even seem possible. It's truly supernatural, right? And I really don't believe that any of that is possible without him, right? Redemption is also a surrender to God as Lord, okay? A lot of people like Jesus as their savior, not so much the Lord, (laughs) right? But Jesus said the first and greatest commandment is to love God first. It's the commandment that makes really all the others work for It's the one that ensures that I'm going to do it all his way, right? And if I do things God's way, life will be better. So to really reverse the fall means to live under submission to God and to reverse the rebellion against his rulership in my life. 
right? Stop all of this self-made, self-sufficiency, independent stuff, right? So when I want to do destructive things, he tells me not to do them, right? Being redeemed, I listen and obey. And since this is difficult in my own power, right? Redemption gives me two new sources of power that help me in this newfound obedience. One, I have God as a source of power and I have others to support me. Okay, this is truly what I learned. I gave my life to Christ and I started to recognize God as my power. I, I talk about this and then I also started to learn that I have others who support me, which was definitely not how I was living. <laughs> didn't trust life, didn't trust myself, didn't trust people. Hard, right? I write about this a lot in Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority, but God is the source of power and we have others to support us. It's no longer, in my case, it's no longer just me and my sinful, rebellious nature. I have a new nature in me, one that is empowered by God to follow God and to submit to him. And I have a body of people to help me do that as well. Okay. For the first time since the fall, I am in a position to obey God and submit to him. Hallelujah, right? <laughs> Cue the angels, right? This gives me the power to stop ruining my life. This is why this is important, okay? To disobey God is basically to ruin my life. For to disobey means that I, by definition, am doing something destructive. If God says to be kind to others and I disobey, I will ruin my relationships. If he says to be honest and responsible and I'm a liar and a cheater, I'll wreck all that I try to build. So, in redemption, I no longer destroy my life by doing things other than God's way. In spiritual growth, in what we do here, we stop doing the deeds of death and begin doing the things that lead to life. Okay? In summary, <laughs> in the fall, we reverse the roles of humankind and God we tried to fulfill his roles, and then we lost our ability to fulfill the ones we were created for. Chaos, right? But in redemption, in reconciliation, the purpose of this message today is that we reconcile things to the way they were supposed to be back in Act 1, okay? We become dependent on God and give up our independent stance before God and others. We give up trying to control things we cannot control and yield to and trust God's control. We also regain control of what we were created to control in the first place, which is ourselves. Hello, self-mastery. We regain the fruit of self-control and begin to master ourselves. We give up the role of playing judge with ourselves and others by giving up judgmentalism, condemnation, wrath, shaming, and so on, right? So that we are free to experience ourselves and others as we really are. We can see other people the way God sees them. We can call that out of them. We can call the gold out of people rather than judge them. So... By not being God, we are free to be who we truly are and allow others to be who they truly are as well. Hello, freedom, <laughs> right? 
We stop redesigning life, which is what we see everywhere. Reinvent your life, redesign your life, create your reality, right? All this stuff. We stop redesigning life and making new rules and instead, hear it, live the life God designed us to live. There is a life God designed you to live and you can live it when you pray and obey. <laughs> Listen to last week's message on that one. For example, God designed marriage, but humans rewrite the rules to make cohabitation or serial monogamy a new design with disastrous consequences. Just one example, right? In redemption, we begin to do it God's way, okay? His way is the only way, is what happens in redemption. So, that's sort of my theology 101. <laughs> what God does in redemption and in our growth is so simple. We make it complicated. At the same time, though, it is complicated and profound, as you can see through us unpacking that together today. And we often don't even recognize these simple issues as they play out in our lives and relationships, but they're playing out all the time. What does it look like in real life to try to be one's own source? What does it look like to be in control or to be the judge or to make up the rules and change the roles? How does that destroy a life or a marriage or a future? More importantly, think about it. How does the fall affect change? This is a question, right? We really all want to answer. How does the fall of mankind cause our problems, right? How does the redemptive process God set up cause us to grow and resolve life's issues? This is something that is what God is actively working on with us. Isn't that amazing? We really experience increasing strength and depth in our spiritual walk, our relationships, our personal development, when reconciliation to God happens and reconciliation to each other happens and reconciliation of our role happens, right? The essential processes that make people grow start occurring, right? And we start understanding those processes in new ways, right? And we really start to grow in ways that we never thought was possible and access a life that was beyond our wildest imagination. This is what we have access to, but too often we get caught in the weeds, right? We make this really, really complicated. But I hope this message today shed some light on what the Bible reveals about how people grow. It's all spiritual is what I could leave you with today. And that God wants to bring you back into relationship with him. He wants to bring you life, the life that he designed for you to have, for that's truly an abundant life. And he knows you. He formed you, right? He created you. He knows exactly how you're wired, exactly what you desire, exactly what will bring you life. And he desires to give that to you. He delights in the prosperity of his servant, right? He came that you might have life more abundantly. That's available to you. But a lot of times we don't access it because we don't know. 
So I hope this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, that would bless me so much and likely so many other people. It's so important that they get this into their hearts, that other people get to experience transformation and upliftment and expansion in their lives. So be a blessing. Subscribe to this podcast share it with a friend, leave a review. I thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. And until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop, literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses or the God's Vibes Mastermind where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease, feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past, standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.